On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about coming to the realization that I'm probably in the worst shape of my life and what I'm gonna do about it. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 97 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Hope you're well. Hope you have had a good week. I'm not sure what the weather has been like where you are, but it has been raining absolutely non-stop in Wales. I'm looking out the window right now as I stand in the office and it actually looks okay out there right now. Bit cold, but dry for literally the first time in a week. So hopefully when I've got this recorded, I can go and uh, walk from the car to the gym without getting there like an absolute drowned rat. But more on that later. Um... I guess this episode is just going to be a bit of a quick update, to be honest, because other than working, not a great deal has happened this week. It has, needless to say, been very busy. Uh, The time is just gone 6pm on Thursday, and I'm only just finishing what I need to get done as an absolute must in the office. Uh, This week's been a busy one. Uh, Tomorrow, not going to get a great deal done because I am heading into London for a reason that I will tell you about later on. Uh, So just a quick one, give you a quick update, and then I need to go and do a few other things. Of course, this time last week when we spoke, I told you about the new electric car, and I said that hopefully driving to Wales wouldn't be too much of an issue. And in truth, it wasn't a massive issue when I drove to Wales for the first time in the electric car on Sunday. It was a bit of a challenge. I think it will be more of a challenge in the winter months. So I uh, I almost said fueled up, that's not the word anymore, is it? I charged up to 100% just before I left on Sunday. Uh, and then I drove from Corby to, I think, Chorley Services, which has an Instavolt charger. Uh, stuck the car on charge there for about 20 minutes when I went for a wee and to get a coffee. Jumped back in the car and then drove to Wales. And rather than setting the sat-nav as the office address, which is normally the first place I'd come when I get to Wales to drop off things like this microphone. I actually set the sat-nav to a charging destination, which is probably the nearest electric car charger to this office. Um, And I got there with about 48, 49 miles left, which would have been fine. And I probably wouldn't even have been telling this story if it wasn't for what happened next, which is... I mean, A, there was someone parked like a complete prick, which made it very, very difficult to reverse that car into the like 45 degree diagonal space that I needed to get it into in order to plug in the charger. Because obviously you can't just park anywhere or in any direction. You need to, in the case of the ID3, reverse in and make sure that you're very close to the cable so it reaches. Because unlike a fuel pipe, uh, because of the amount of like electric cables inside of the big charger um it's not very flexible so you need to park really precisely right so it was already a faff to try and get into the space but that in itself would have been fine if the charger worked but it didn't for some reason there was somebody in one of the chargers using it fair enough couldn't use that one Uh, and then the one that i went to use just wouldn't work 
you'd scan the card, it would say, okay, authorized, plug it into the car. Um, and it runs through like a bunch of safety checks to begin with, uh, which I think are just testing the components of the charger, the cable and the car to make sure that before it throws 50 kilowatts of power directly through into a big metal car, that everything's safe and as should be. Uh, and it wouldn't say why it wasn't working, but it just wouldn't work which meant that I needed to just give up on that plan, drive to the office, keep the car here overnight, and then head back there the next day to charge, um, which at that point, by the way, really would have been make or break because when I got to that charger, I probably had maybe 25 miles left on the range on the Monday. Now, of course, if that charger had been out of service again, the next nearest charger is probably a... I'd say a 15 to 20 mile drive away. So it literally would have been like down to almost zero miles range. And I guess that's the point of what I'm trying to say right now, because the car itself is great. It's wicked. It's perfect. I love it. It's a lot of fun to drive. It's massive inside because it doesn't have an engine in the front of it taking up a bunch of space. Um, the charging when it works doesn't take too long. It's cheap. It's reasonable. All of these good things. But something that is definitely an issue with electric cars generally right now is the lack of charging infrastructure and that seems like it's only going to get worse before it gets better as more and more people buy their first electric car as more electric cars begin to be on the roads the charging infrastructure doesn't seem to be in my opinion at least catching up anywhere near as quickly so on the way from corby to wales i have maybe two opportunities at all to recharge right fine on a day when i leave on 100 percent. fine on a day when the weather is reasonably warm but if i were to have left on say 80 percent, which seems like a reasonable amount of charge and it was slightly colder between chorley and wales i genuinely think i would have struggled to get there like i would literally have had to have pulled off the motorway somewhere found a local charger in the wrong direction like drive 20 miles out of my way to sit and charge up for an hour to then rejoin the route right and so i guess that's the big first week living with an electric car takeaway is that they're great as cars the charging is great when it works but i've had three issues with three separate chargers in the last 10 days right so the infrastructure itself when it is there isn't enormously reliable just yet and on top of that um it's just very scarce now what i would say a couple of things uh, the first is that tesla is trialing in the netherlands right now opening up their charging network which can currently only be used by tesla owners to other ev owners now i think they're only doing that with like 12 charging points in the netherlands at the moment but when that opens up to all charging points across the uk that will be a game changer tesla's chargers put out a lot of power which means you can charge very quickly and at least from a service station point of view they're absolutely everywhere and so it's almost as if tesla is going to become an electric trick company first and a car company second in a way because they're going to have a hell of a lot more customers when they start selling that electric through their charge points and when they do that life will be easier and i think the second thing to say just reflecting on this first week and i said this uh on the last episode and it is definitely true it's just that i'm gonna need to plan a bit better um it's not like when I filled up the Ford Focus with my very economical driving methods, I could do like between 550 and 600 miles on one tank of fuel, which was 
Corby to Wales, Wales to Corby, and all of the driving in between, which meant that maybe once every three weeks, give or take, I had to start thinking about getting myself to a petrol station at some point because I was getting low. And back then, low was like 150 miles. Whereas with this thing, 150 miles is basically full. Uh, I think the manufacturer says you can get 265 miles range. I think realistically, driving um, within the speed limits, but not like really slowly. And also with things like aircon, I guess I'm getting maybe 190 miles, give or take. So yeah, need to plan better. Uh, but more on that later, because I've had a little plan and I think it's a good one. Um, but something I want to talk about, and this is basically the only um, non-life related thing that I want to talk about this week, is a clip that I shared on Twitter a couple of days ago of Ed Sheeran, who was doing an interview on a podcast called the Half Card Half Cast Podcast Tongue Twister with Chucky. And um, incredible conversation, whether or not you're an Ed Sheeran fan, just it's a 90 minute unedited, undiluted conversation. It doesn't feel like a podcast. It doesn't feel like an interview. It's not an interview, right? Ed and Chucky have known each other for like 10 plus years. And so literally they just sit there and they have a chat and it's super fucking interesting. If you're an Ed fan, really, really interesting for all of the obvious reasons. But I think even if you're not, to see inside the life and the mind of somebody who is, I would say, and actually the numbers would say, with the biggest, you know, grossing tour, the most ticket sales on a tour, 25 million sales on his last album, like the most successful artist of our generation, to hear into the mind and peer behind the mindsets that get you there, really interesting. But there was something just towards the end of the podcast that I almost missed because I was half asleep at the time. It was quite late. So I literally scrolled back, screen recorded it, and then tweeted it because I thought that it was probably genuinely one of the most important 90 seconds of content I've heard this year. And it was essentially Ed telling the story of... So he moved to London when I think he was 16 to start building his music career moved on his own from Suffolk to London at 16 and like we've spoken about on here before because I've kind of told part of the story before would like live on sofas of friends and just kind of go from house to house of people he knew whilst doing as many gigs and open mic nights as he possibly could each night right just getting his name out there and then he told the story of four years into that process right so like 1,000 200 odd days or whatever it is of constantly doing that over and over and over again and he had one of his first ever ticketed paid for gigs where he was the headline where people bought tickets to see him and when he played the set um you know they were his fans it wasn't like an open mic night so that was a fairly good indication four years in that his career was going well but as he tells in this podcast and actually this bit of context isn't in the clip i shared um it was one of these nights which was ran by a promoter who takes most of the money. So he probably got, I don't know, a few hundred quid of that for playing the night to 300 people who had paid to see him. And then he tells the story of the fact that that night, four years in, he had just sold out a show, a paid show where people had come to see him. Uh, the, the bar or the club where it was had closed. He was on his own with his guitar. His phone had died and he had nowhere to stay that night. He had no money because he got paid basically nothing for it. His phone was dead. He was in the middle of London, on his own, at night. 
and he only had one person who he knew would be awake at that time, so he started walking there. And he tells a story in this clip of how, on this couple of hour long walk, he is just contemplating his career. He's walking down the road on what should be a really poignant highlight of his career, right? One of his first ever sold out shows, crying his eyes out because he can't understand how success, this milestone, feels so far from how he imagined it, right? So he gets there, he gets to the house of his friend, and then he says he breaks down and he's saying, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I've put four years of my life into this. I've played hundreds and hundreds of gigs and this is supposed to be success and yet I have nowhere to live. This is supposed to be success and yet I have literally no money. This is supposed to be success and yet at the end of the night I don't even have someone to charge my fucking phone. And he literally said, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this, because if you consider, if you extrapolate out what I'm about to say and consider what his life would look like now if he made this decision, he literally said that that night he was about to make the decision to give up music, to move somewhere else, to go to uni, and just to get a normal job right, because he had decided that music evidently wasn't for him, music evidently wasn't going to work out. He had put four years of his life into it and it wasn't going well. How could it possibly work out? But then, of course, the rest is history, right? He stuck with it a few weeks later. The Collaborations album came out. Uh, then he gets signed. He releases album one, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff happened. You know who Ed Sheeran is. I don't need to tell you that part of the story. But honestly, that clip is incredible because I've watched a fair few Ed Sheeran interviews in my life and I didn't know that. I didn't know that after four years of slogging, four years of what would look like career growth, four years of what most musicians would say, shit, that's success. You're getting paid to play shows. That's successful. That he was thinking about giving up and that if he did, A, it would have been entirely reasonable and sensible for him to do so in a sense, right? Four years of your life and you can't even afford somewhere to live, probably sensible to give up. But B, if he did, the upside that he would have been leaving, right? The 100 million odd albums he sold since then, the countless tickets and tours and hundreds of millions in earnings. And I'm not saying that if you stick at something, you're going to get that. Because let's be honest, statistically, none of us are. But I just think it's such an important lesson to know when to carry on. Um, And of course, the opposite is true with the whole sunk cost fallacy thing. You could be continuing down something that just isn't for you, that's never going to work out. And you're only sticking at it because you have already put time in. But just that clip, and I don't really have any comment to add to it other than go and watch it. It's on my Twitter. I think it's the most recent tweet if you're listening to this episode just after it's gone out. There's just something about it when you realize that with hindsight, he was so, so, so close to making it. He was so close to his life changing, to his career becoming what it eventually became. And yet, through the clouds and through the darkness of the situation that he was in at the time... He almost gave up. And it just makes you wonder, like, how many people gave up? How many other Ed Sheerans that we would all know the name of right now gave up? Whether they were in music or sports or business or presenting or whatever it might be. People who were so close to getting what they wanted. So close to getting the keys to live the life that they actually enjoy. And just because they didn't push that little bit just because they didn't stick at it for a few more weeks or a few more months. They're now in a job that they hate, with a dream that they can't chase, and we don't know their name.
I just thought it was crazy. So that's it. That's all I have to say on it. Go and watch that clip, though, and tell me it isn't one of the maddest 90 seconds of audio you've ever heard. And then I think the other thing I want to talk about is my lack of gym going and poor eating habits over the past year or so. Uh, Now, of course, I'll caveat it by saying, like, I haven't really been that bothered about going to the gym or eating well. Uh, it was only a few weeks ago I told the story of the um, the silent reflux thing, which made me realize that shit, actually, maybe lifestyle habits do have a physical impact on health and I should do something about it. But I didn't really do anything about it. And it was the other day. Uh, two things happened, actually. I went on quite a long walk for the first time in a very long time. And I was fucked. Like, I was well out of breath by the end of that walk. Uh, and then the second thing is I went back to the gym for the first time in about nine or ten weeks I think it is I could be wrong but it's around that time and it was dreadful like it was really really hard everything felt heavy my mind just wasn't in it um and it just felt like I was starting again from zero and then when I put that together with the food that I have been eating for probably the last year and a half to be honest ever since gyms closed uh, for the first lockdown I'd kind of just thought, fuck it, like there's no point eating all that healthily. Of course, there was a point, but at the time it seemed like there wasn't a point in eating healthily. Um, And I never really got back on the horse as much as I hate that saying. Like I never really thought, you know what, today is the day that I start eating better. Today is the day that I say no to ordering that Domino's or eating that whole bag of fucking chocolate buttons or whatever it might be and actually start, even if it's as simple as just tracking calories just so I kind of know what's going in so that I can do something about it. I just never restarted. And so between all of that and then stepping on the scales the other day, because I just happened to be sat in the bathroom from somebody else and I'm like, yo, let's see how much I weigh. And I was like, fucking hell. I had put on over a stone since I last weighed myself pre-lockdown. Now, don't get me wrong. A doctor would probably say that that's a good thing because my BMI is way more in the green now than it was. Um, So I'm not, I'm not having some delusional thought about how I'm fat or really unhealthy but you know what those three things together made me realize fuck me I need to do something about this because if I can put on over a stone of weight through eating shit and not going to the gym in a year where does that lead to in two years in three years in four years and I know the answer and of course you know the answer because it's rhetorical right it leads to me being even less healthy even less able to do things and importantly starting from an even lower point of zero because nine or ten weeks ago when I was in the gym that shit felt easy that shit felt fun but having to start again from day zero was an absolute slog and so if I have to start again from day zero again a year from now because I continue to do nothing about this or I continue to just think oh, I'll start on Monday I'll start at the beginning of the week I'll start at the beginning of the month I'll start in the new year that's a new time to start like fuck that I'm starting now because if not, I will never start, right? So this is me calling myself out on the podcast just to say that, look, I'm not going to go to the gym fucking six or seven days a week. I'm not going to eat like a bodybuilder because frankly, I don't fucking care to. But I am going to focus a little bit more on my health and on my fitness and what food I put into my body and just looking after myself because, you know, I do a reasonable amount to make sure that I keep, uh, you know, work at bay when I need to and stress at bay when I need to and all of the mental components there are great but when it comes to physically looking after myself frankly I don't do enough like I don't even go for walks most days there can typically be especially when I have a car it was slightly different for the month when I didn't but when I have a car there can be like 
four or five day periods where I just don't really walk. And that was revealed in the uh, the podcast that will be coming soon with Ollie Horton when we were talking about steps. And I looked at my phone and my yearly average of steps over the past year is like 4,000 steps. And when you consider like how many steps it is from the car to the office and the office to the car and the car to the shop, like add those together and you realize that I don't really do any other walking. And so I guess this is all just to say that I would say from like uh, physically, how do I feel? When do I get out of breath? Do I feel physically able to um, be my best and perform my best right now? From that perspective, I'm probably in the worst shape of my life or at least my adult life because I basically fucking lived on sweets and yogurts in my late teens. But you know what I mean? Like since I've been thinking about health and, you know, just generally trying to be a bit better, this is the low point of trying to be good. And so this is all to say I'm going to do something about it. And that starts now. And then to tie those two points that I've just spoken about together nicely, watch this. This is smooth podcasting about to happen. Straight away, after I finish recording this, I am off to a new gym. And the reason I'm off to a new gym is because it's right next to the electric car charging point. There we go. Environment design. We've spoken about it a lot. Um, there are no chargers in Pontypreve, which is where the old gym is. Uh, but there is a gym right next door to where I charge my car. We've spoken about the fact that I obviously have a necessity to charge my car because if I don't, it doesn't move. So I'm just making it really easy for myself. I've joined like a random uh, council gym up in Murford Tidfill. I think that's how you say it. And I'm just going to go there. I'm going to park up, charge my car each night I go, go into the gym for an hour, do what I need to do, come back to a fully charged car. Uh, and I can even get dinner there when I want because there's a Nando's so there we go so I'm going to go and do that now I need to do a bloody induction and if I had to write a list of like 10 things in life that I hate and find awkward gym induction especially gym induction in local council gym of which I've done two previously in my life would probably be like number four on that list it's definitely up there I just find them so fucking awkward it's like you're walking around in a building for 45 minutes with somebody who doesn't want to be walking you around whilst you don't want to be walked around and they're telling you really obvious things like it's a treadmill that is don't fall off it it's just fucking awkward so I'm not looking forward to that but I'm gonna go and stick the car on charge get that induction out of the way and then when I'm back in Wales over the weekend and next week start going to that gym see if it's any good it's fucking cheap if not so I don't really care like even if it's just somewhere to uh to go that isn't the car when I'm charging because I've currently still got the other gym membership still see what happens um but yeah other than that off to Wembley tomorrow to see England play in the World Cup qualifiers against <laughs> one second This is me getting the tickets because I can't remember who they're playing. Against Albania. There we go. England are playing Albania. I bought my brother tickets for his birthday a few weeks back. And so we're going to go to that tomorrow night. Then I'm going to stay in Reading on Friday night just because I can't be asked getting the train all the way back to Wales and getting home at like 2am. And then Saturday, I will either go into London to do bits or go straight back to Wales. And then, uh, yeah, get ready for the new week. That is everything I have. I don't know how long this has been. I don't know if any of this has made any sense because it's been very disjointed and very um, sporadic this week. But thank you nonetheless for listening. I hope you have a good week. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 98 of Life and Lessons. 
See you then. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.